Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Daily Boogie and welcome to another week. It's good to be with you. Hope you had a lovely weekend, I certainly did. Thanks to everyone who joined us for the very first free-for-all of 2019 on Thursday night. It was a bit of a marathon. I, <laughs> I'm i going to be doing my absolute best to keep it a little bit more brief from now on, but we had so much to go over and so much fun to have, um, so we just had to stretch it out as much as we could to kick off the brand new year. So thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. And I appreciate all of the show supporters. You help us grow. If you'd like to subscribe, hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, maybe hand out some disagreeable feedback, please do so via Twitter by following me at Boogie Bumper. Got a couple of interesting items here for you today. You'll laugh, you'll cry, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be thoroughly entertained. The first one is an article from one of my personal favourites, Salon. And, you know, it's in regards to the shutdown. I hope everyone's surviving the shutdown, by the way. I think we're at day 23 now, day 22, something like that. So I hope you haven't resorted to cannibalism yet, yet. I say yet because never say never, but of course, it's not an ideal situation, is it, for anybody? And I don't think, you know, people generally don't want to see people going without pay, even if they're government workers. (laughs) Government workers, private workers, uh, you know, nobody wants to see people going out, going without pay, especially when it comes to politicians having their own battle over something. But I think, you know, on this occasion, rightly or wrongly, uh, a lot of people in the American voting public see it as a battle that's been long overdue for one reason or another. So let's get into our first article here. It's called The Case for a National General Strike Protesting Trump's Heartless Shutdown. The social cohesion for a general strike supporting federal workers is part of America's past How about now? So take to the streets. Take to the streets. There's some very powerful language in this article, so strap yourself in. We're going to have fun. Quote, It is hard to understate the utter disdain and contempt being shown by President Donald Trump toward the 800,000 federal workers whose lives he has upended with the government shutdown. Obviously, we, we touched on this in a couple of the podcasts last week. The Democrats are in, and this is a left-leaning publication, Salon. Left-leaning might be somewhat of an understatement, but nonetheless. The Democrats are in desperate need to have their own victim class. You see, for all of Donald Trump's perceived failings, he would arguably have the better hand here when it comes to the victim hierarchy. A number of people who have been victims either themselves of illegal immigrant crime or at least a relation to somebody who has been victimized in this area 
And the numbers can be staggering if taken in isolation, if viewed in a vacuum. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of people here, you know, thousands of murders and whatnot. So the Democrats, they're in a difficult position and their sycophants in the press are also in the same position because they can't attack the, you know, the Trump victims directly. They can't say that it's all lies. They can't say that they have you noticed they're not even talking about racism this time. What they're doing is focusing on the 800,000 federal workers and doing their absolute best to not even mention any victims of illegal immigrant crime at all. Like, there are no issues. It does not exist. It's manufactured. It's all pretend. There are no 4,000 victims of murders of people who shouldn't be in the country. That, that That's not an issue. That doesn't happen. The real issue here is 800,000 federal workers whose, quote, lives have been upended with the government shutdown. This is the article continuing that 400,000 of them have to continue to work without pay because they are deemed essential reduces them to a form of serfdom, which really amounts to a massive abuse of human rights. That's right. Donald Trump is practically enslaving government workers now. Human rights abuses. Maybe we can get Donald Trump in front of a human rights court at The Hague, for example. Maybe, maybe even some kind of trial in Nuremberg might fit the bill. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We could send Brian Stelter over there for expert comments. Morning Joe could do live crosses to the docks. I think it would be utterly fantastic. Get Donald Trump up there at The Hague for human rights abuses for the way he has treated the government workers. The corporate news media, PBS, this is the article, NPR et al, are playing this as a two-dimensional political game starring an unhinged Trump and a newly invigorated Democratic Congress with the furloughed federal workers as just extras who will, quote, get paid anyway. Make no mistake, such a wholesale abuse of workers has much broader implications for the entire nation, where for decades capital has been kicking Labor's ass as our grotesque income and wealth concentration so amply documents. There's a direct connection to this unconscionable abuse of federal workers. That's that term again, abusing federal workers and everybody else who survives based on the wages they earn each day. I think this might be an appropriate time to go back to basics here. And if you understand this already, then apologies. But I feel like, you know, this, this point needs to be stressed. There's a, Here's the article again. There's a direct connection to this unconscionable abuse of federal workers and everybody else who survives based on the wages they earn each day. But see, it's not the same thing. It's a false equivalence. If you are getting paid by the government, you are indeed, in fact, getting paid by the taxpayer. See, I I, I fear there is this great misconception in a lot of people in Western society that they think anybody who earns a wage is the exact same as anybody else who earns a wage. 
you know, private industry doesn't exist thanks to government. Government exists thanks to the money that people earn in private industry because it's the money that people earn in private employment and private industry that pay the taxes which pay the wages of the people who work for the government. They are not the same thing. In order to have a big government employee workforce, you need to have a robust private economy that creates a lot of tax receipts. Otherwise, nobody gets paid. You know how people like to talk about free healthcare and free education? Unless you get teachers to work for nothing, then it's not free. Somebody has to pay. And the people that generate the wealth, which the government then extracts in order to provide wages for the people who work for the government, comes from the private sector. When people have this overt, heavily socialist tinge in their ideology and their writings and their punditry, I think they are imagining that if everybody just worked for the government, then everybody would be paying each other's wages. The private sector that they hate so much, the, the, the private economy, the private workforce that they hate so much is the only thing that puts money into the pockets of the people that they love so much. So, no, there is, a, there is not a direct connection between 800,000 government employees missing a paycheck for a couple of weeks and people who earn money in the private industry in the private economy. It's not the same at all. One is subservient to the other. One depends on the other. The private industry can make money without government. Government can't make money without the private industry. Back to the article. The government sets the bar as an employer. No, it does not. (laughs) Employers set the bar for employers. Arguably, employees set the bar for employers. Because if you have a terrible employer, especially in the age when competition for jobs is so fierce thanks to the mass immigration that has been undertaken in Western nations over the last 30 years, which have helped to suppress wages in the private industry more than the government sector, You know, on average, people who work for the government earn more than people who don't. This this is all part of the reason why it's it's plainly ridiculous. I I mean, I understand why the Democrats are trying to turn 800,000 government workers into victims of abuse because they really have no other option. But the writers at these publications do have an option. They, they don't have to play the politics. Of course they do, but they don't have to. And yet here we are. With the explosion of the gig economy, the raid by owners on their employees' pensions and a national workforce that became increasingly part-time without benefits, Americans were beaten into submission to believe that they were even lucky to have any job. We'll take the words of Barack Obama. Do you remember? Those jobs aren't coming back. What, are you going to wave a magic wand? It was under Barack Obama that the casual workforce multiplied 
under Barack Obama where people had to take a second job and a third job to make ends meet. I mean, one of Salon's favourites, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, believes the unemployment's low because everybody's working two jobs. Back to the article. American workers have been seduced and then subjugated by mass consumer capitalism that replaced good wages and benefits with consumer debt. Oh, so it was it was consumer capitalism replaced good wages and benefits with consumer debt. Again, arguably, the reason that good wages have gone down is because you have more people competing for less work. After decades of deliberate exiting of heavy industry, manufacturing, and all of the associated spin-off sectors to the third world, to China, to South America, on, on top of that, you have engaged in the most radical mass immigration program in human history and added, you know, 20, 30, 40%, depending on the country, to the population in the matter of only a few decades. Less jobs, more people. Oh, no, no. The, re- the reason that wages have gone down and stayed down is because of consumer capitalism, because, because companies are making too many products that people want to buy. That's why. That's the problem. People are consuming too much. That's the problem. The other thing to consider here is, that, does anybody have a gun to your head to buy the latest pair of Nikes? Are you being threatened to purchase that brand new, brand spanking new LED TV, right? Is someone going to break your thumbs if you don't take that trip to the Bahamas? Buy that brand new car? It's almost as if the the choice of the person at the end of the agreement, the consumer, it's almost as if that choice doesn't exist. Listen to this next line from the article. From cradle to grave, they have been harnessed into a debt mule train, like the one that was the trademark of the Borax soap that, as an actor, Reagan hawked on TV. Think what great social control mechanism for the $1.5 trillion college debt yoke is on our young people. But who forced them to take those? Why they haven't been forced to do this study? It's still a decision that the person makes on their own at the end. If you go to college and spend $40,000 on a degree that you want to do because you like it, and you haven't considered things like future earning potential, what the market will look like in 10 years from now, your progression, your economic progression up the ladder, your earning potential over the next few years, how long is it going to take to pay off that debt? That's, that's not capitalism's fault. That's yours. That's your fault. That's on you. 
Oh, well, I just I just had to go to university and study basket weaving. I, I just had to go to university and learn about the differences in po- uh, political genderism and intersectionality. I had to learn about that. And now I'm making coffee for businessmen on Wall Street and I hate the fucking world. I hate cap. It's capitalism's fault. I've got a debt I can't pay off. I've got a degree that I can't get a job for. And I'm here making lattes for businessmen. Look at them coming in in their fancy suits, getting dropped off in their fancy cars. Fuck capitalism. It's all capitalism's fault. No, it's not. It's yours. It's your fault. (laughs) Now, I don't envy people who have that much debt. And I don't envy people who find themselves in that situation. Arguably, they have been lied to. They have been propagandized. They've been told that if they get a degree, any degree, then they're going to be better off. And that's not necessarily the case. Unfortunately, universities love to hoard, you know, hoard people into their classes and sell them things that are vastly overpriced and deliver, you know, a shoddy, shitty product. You know, in the world, if capitalism was really to blame here, then people would have stopped going to universities 20 years ago when they realised how terrible they were. What a terrible deal it was. It's the equivalent of buying a lemon when a good quality car is sitting on the lot next door and you ignore it. And you go and buy the lemon and then bitch about it. I was tricked. Maybe you were. But you still sign the cheque. You still got in the car. You still drove it off the lot. You are ultimately to blame for that situation. Listen to this. We live in a culture where we usually keep our economic anxieties and tribulations to ourselves, no matter how bad they get which only empowers those systems that profit off our isolation and exploitation. Yes, if only we all got together out in public and bitched more about how in debt we are and how little money we make and how much money we make, you know, whether it's good or bad, maybe people will start paying us more money. Somehow. Quote, it's a form of self-shaming because we have internalized the propaganda of our consumer-driven media <laughs> that we only have ourselves to blame for our circumstance. We're, see, if, if you take ultimate responsibility for your decisions in the economy, if you, if you are the type of person that takes ultimate responsibility for you know, spending too much money, putting too much on the credit card, choosing a degree that doesn't have future earning potential. If you're one of these people, no, 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 you're not taking responsibility, you see. You are internalizing the propaganda of a consumer-driven media. You're a victim. You might think you're being responsible, but that's just the way these greedy capitalist pigs want you to think. (laughs) They're brain-fucking you, don't you see? It's their fault, not yours. It's amazing that this is the same article talking about 800,000 government workers, isn't it? 
quote, one of the first challenges is getting people to admit they are struggling financially and to talk publicly about it. This can be hard for members of the middle class, a group that has a real sense of stigma about financial floundering. They are hobbled by long-held obsession with privacy. <laughs> How dare they? This, this long-held obsession with privacy, yes. Where everybody's, never mind Donald Trump's tax returns, everybody's tax returns should be out there. We should all know what our neighbours are earning, what our friends are earning, what the person down at the coffee shop with the basket weaving degree is earning. I want to know how much he's got in his pocket. Unfortunately, the middle class doesn't really like talking about how much money they make and they have this crazy, weird, long-held obsession with privacy. Mind you, the art- this very same article started off talking about the protest, you know, supporting federal workers is part of America's past. Ah, oh, long-held obsessions like privacy, they've got to go. Rioting in the streets about not getting paid enough, well, that's, that's a long-held tradition that we need to see resurrected. As long as we get rid of privacy first, though, of course. In our debased state as debt slaves, with tens of millions of us struggling week to week to make ends meet, it's hard to see any vestige of the courage possessed by our revolutionary war ancestors who put everything at risk to fight off the tyranny of a distant monarch who at the time ruled a global empire. Isn't the irony just delicious? I mean, it's well known. One of the reasons for the quote-unquote revolutionary war ancestors to kick up a stink in the first place, even though it is a little bit overplayed and overhyped historically, was increased taxation. The empire wanted to tax the American colonies more. And so they got really angry about that and revolted. The people writing this article in Salon, this publication advocates for people to be taxed more, but revolt against getting paid to get paid more. They don't believe in lowering taxes. They want to increase them so they can pay the government workers more. More money for the government workers, less money for you. The government workers who on average earn at least 25% more than their private sector counterparts. You know, the the evil capitalist swine that actually pay the taxes to provide the wages for the government workers in the first place. And Donald Trump, their hero, this evil capitalist pig, abusing people, holding them to ransom, holding them hostage, right? If this Trump shutdown had happened, say, in France, this is the article, where there is still some residual social cohesion, there would have been already there would have already been a national general strike in support of these workers. They're not talking about France that has been burning for the last two months, are they? France with its no-go zones that police dare not tread. This this is the social this is social cohesion now. Right. Oh, if if only America was a little bit more socially cohesive like France. (laughs) Of all the countries you could have picked an example from, you go to the one that is currently burning, where people are demanding the heads of the current 
politicians. That's that's the example. This is a socially cohesive unit in France. Unbelievable. <laughs> there you have it. Um, just to finish this off for the day, I, I find this stuff amazing. The outrage. And again, it's you see, it's the attempt to create victims to challenge the victims of illegal immigrant crime, which have become, you know, the focal point of the Donald Trump argument for this shutdown. And recent polls have suggested that support for the wall has increased by about 10 points over the last three weeks. And that's, that's Washington Post stuff. That's New York Times stuff. So he's getting more popular as this drags on. Perhaps with writing like this, it's not hard to see why. Just a very quick one for you here from CNN. Furlough sisters start business to make money during shutdown. Have a listen to this. Some federal employees are doing something that they should not have to. They're getting creative to make ends meet. Like, <laughs> Yes, we wouldn't want people being creative to make money, would we? We want as many people as possible acting as unthinking, uncreative drone automatons, just going into work, sucking off the back of the taxpayer, leeching off the back of the taxpayer as much as possible. This We want more people not coming up with creative business ideas. We want less entrepreneurs. We want more government employees. They're doing something that they shouldn't have to do. Be creative. Yes. What heartache, what abuse they are being put through. My God. The Furlough Sisters, not their real names. That's what they've dubbed themselves from Maryland. They have started a cheesecake business on the side, but this still Beautiful. isn't enough. Nikki Howard works for the FDA. Her sister, Jackie Wright, works for the Department of Justice, and I spoke with them yesterday. Jackie, mm -hmm. just give us a sense of where your mind was and then how you thought about how to kind of make an adjustment and, and just take care of things yourself. Wow. Wow. Um, actually, it was not more so my mind than it was my stomach at the time. On New Year's Day, <laughs> my mother and I were sitting there drinking coffee, eating cheesecake. We had two slices apiece. And then my sister called us and we were just telling her how good it was, how nice it went with coffee, and then that's when mom said, you know, this thing is so good, you could sell it. <laughs> and so Nikki... I mean, can you hear the heartache? Can you hear the trauma? Can you hear the evidence of the abuse, ladies and gentlemen? I think it's a fantastic story. You know, in hard times, people often come up with creative ideas to make ends meet. This isn't a tragic story. This isn't a story of oppression. This isn't a story of heartache and tears. This is a story of the American entrepreneurial spirit and flair coming to the fore. We were government employees who weren't going to get a paycheck for a few weeks. We came up with an idea to sell cheesecakes and we're selling cheesecakes. Now we've started a business. Hallelujah. What the hell is wrong with that? CNN says, oh, they shouldn't have to do that. What do you mean they shouldn't have to do it? Maybe the government should supply everybody's cheesecake. That's, that's how we'll get the best cheesecake. When we get the uncreative people trudging into work, 
Here's your here's your government approved regulated cheesecake quota for the day. Now hop to it. Unbelievable stuff. In order to paint the 800,000 government workers as the true victims of this current shutdown over illegal immigration, ladies and gentlemen, CNN is forced to diminish the entrepreneurial spirit which leads people in hard times to come up with creative ideas to make money for themselves. God help us all. With that, guys, speaking of capitalism, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, voluntarily, of course, we're not going to force you, but if you would like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. If you enjoy the show, please hit the uh, subscribe button on that preferred podcast player of yours. And if you'd like to get in touch and hurl abuse at me for being so so lacking of empathy for the struggle of the government workers, please do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.